I'm excited about this series. I really am. I know I say that every series because I'm preaching, right? But I really am excited about this series. I really believe God's going to do a rich work in your life as we talk about the Holy Spirit. A rich work in your life. I want to thank Pastor Chris Hodges, a dear friend of mine, uh, just for some of the inspiration for this series. Also, Pastor Robert Morris, been in Pastor Robert's home as well. And uh, thank you for uh, material as well. And uh, Pastor Robert has a great book on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I, I really want just to deposit into your life the next few weeks about the Holy Spirit, the God I never knew, understanding the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk to you about who's, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? I want to just, as a launching point, I want to begin in John chapter 14. I don't do this in a lot of messages. I usually pick a passage of Scripture and mine it and unpack it for you when I preach. That's normally my, my preaching style is to take a passage, unpack it, give you points out of it, give you application out of it. But today, I'm going to be hopping all around the Bible uh, to teach you and to lay some foundation about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to begin in John 14, verse 17. It says, He is the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him. And doesn't recognize him. The Bible says the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. He says this to his disciples. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And Jesus says something interesting to his disciples. He says, you know the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit. And as I've been praying and preparing for this series, I've asked myself this question, this question a few times. How many of our people's church family know the Holy Spirit? How many really know the Holy Spirit? Not know about the Holy Spirit, but know the Holy Spirit personally for themselves. And there are three general responses when people hear the word Holy Spirit. Three general responses. Uh, the, the first general response when people hear the Holy Spirit is people get scared. People get scared. And, and sometimes for a really good reason, because some of you have had some bad church experiences and and you, you were in a church service, and you saw some stuff, and they said it was the Holy Spirit, and you thought, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want them. You know what I mean? Like, uh-uh, I don't know if I want the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, you, 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 I've been in those kind of environments as well. You think, I don't know that I want that, if that's the Holy Spirit. And, and sometimes you can just be in an emotional environment, emotionally charged, and, and sometimes people equate emotionalism with the Holy Spirit. And just because there's emotionalism doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. And, and you, you can not be emotional and still be full of the Holy Spirit. So we, but sometimes we equate emotionalism with the Holy Spirit. And people get scared because of an emotionally charged environment. There, there's a second general response when people hear the word Holy Spirit. And the second response is, I don't know what you're talking about. Even people that are Christians, some of them don't know the Holy Spirit. They, they know about Him, but they don't know the Holy Spirit for themselves. They, they never had teaching about the Holy Spirit. They never have developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So they just don't know about the Holy Spirit. And then there's a third general response when people hear the word Holy Spirit, and that is this, I know the Holy Spirit. I, I, I know Him. And I uh, I'm concerned that there are people that would say that I know the Holy Spirit, but they don't know him as well as they think they do. They may know a lot about the Holy Spirit, but just don't know him personally for themselves. There, there was a, a, a pastor that, that I, I respected and really respect, and uh, I, I watched his television ministry uh, years ago, and I've uh, been to the, the gentleman's church and, and heard him preach, and as I was following his ministry, 
I thought he was arrogant. But he's got good stuff to say and in his church. I know about you and you're arrogant. And even though I'm learning from you, I'm taking notes. But you seem rude and, and kind of mean. And so I kind of framed up this, this television pastor and what I thought of him and heard about him. And then my wife and I had an opportunity to go to dinner with him and his wife. And as we were at dinner and we got to know them and hear their hearts, see their love for Jesus, their kindness, the humility, we, we, we thought to ourselves, we really have framed up this guy wrong. As we got to know him personally for ourselves, what we knew about him was not the same as what we knew when we got to meet him and spend hours talking to build a relationship with him. Those two things were just totally different what we thought about him and then when we knew him for ourselves, it changed everything. And I'm afraid sometimes we know about the Holy Spirit. Well, somebody told us about the Holy Spirit, but we don't know the Holy Spirit for ourselves. But when you get to know him personally... It changes your whole perception when you get to know him. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you, would you have an open heart? And I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, I've been saved 47 years. I know the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me anything. I get it. I get where you are. And I'm asking you, no matter how long you've been a Christian, would you open your heart up? Because I believe all of us can get to know the Holy Spirit better. And I believe God wants to do something rich in your life. Whether you're not a believer, you just crossed the line of faith, or you've been a Christian for a long, long time, I believe you need to get to know the Holy Spirit better. I know that's my heart as we kick off this series. What I want to do to begin this series is I, I want to give you three foundational facts about the Holy Spirit. Three foundational facts about the Holy Spirit. And the first fact is this. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God. And it's important for you to really understand that the Holy Spirit is God. He's as much God as God the Father and God the Son. And sometimes when you hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, they talk about him like he's not God or, or like he's less than God the Father or less than God the Son. But the Holy Spirit is 100% God. There is one God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. Let me just give you some scriptural references for this. I could give you many, 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 many scriptures on this about the Godhead, one God existing in three persons, but, but for, for time's sake, I'm going to just show you two scriptural examples where you see the Godhead three in one in one verse of scripture. John 14, verse 26, but the advocate, this is Jesus talking, but the advocate, the helper, said, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Notice right there, you see Jesus talking. He says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26. When the advocate comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, the helper, the guide. When he comes, whom I will send, Jesus says, I will send to, to you from the Father. Notice you see three in one. You see all three represented here. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, Jesus says. There is one God who exists in three persons. And the Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. 
Acts chapter 5 and verse 3 says this, Then Peter said to Ananias, How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Notice that you lied not just to men, but you lied to the Holy Spirit. And have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Now notice verse 4. At the end of that verse it says this, You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Notice that he said, he said in verse 3, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on in the same verse 4, he says, you didn't just lie to men, but you lied to God. He says, listen, the Holy Spirit is God. You lied to God because the Holy Spirit is God. Number two is this, a second foundational fact about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not weird. Now, whenever I get ready to preach about the Holy Spirit, people get nervous. Oh, no. Pastor's preaching on the Holy Spirit. I love my church. Is my church getting ready to get weird? Oh, no. you got to watch out for that Holy Spirit stuff. Because you understand, that Holy Spirit, I mean, churches get weird when they talk about the Holy Spirit. And they're scared, like, the Holy Spirit. And listen, 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 listen. If you think the Holy Spirit is weird, here's what you're saying. You're saying God is weird because the Holy Spirit is God. If you're scared of the Holy Spirit, then you're scared of God because the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. And, and, and listen, people who are weird with the Holy Spirit, they were weird when they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Because, come on, we all got some weirdness in us. Come on, you know, we're all, we're all weird, but there's different degrees of weird. Do you know what I'm saying? Come on. About one in every three people are weird. Do you know what I'm saying? About one in every three. About one in every three people, they're just weird. Come on, just look at your neighbor right now. You go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, just, just look at your other neighbor right now. Yep. Now, if you looked at both your neighbors and neither one of them are weird, I am just saying the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. I, I remember when I was in college, I went to three different universities, and at one of the universities I attended, there was a, a gentleman, a student, and it was at nighttime, and he was near the cafeteria in this, in this hallway. And he was, he was in a trance. And he was, people were saying, they were telling me, they were saying, Herbert, this guy's in a trance. And he was laying down on the floor, and they said, the Holy Spirit has taken him over. And he was laying on the floor, and he was talking, ah, and he was telling people about their future. Let me tell you, God says, you will. He was in, he was in a trance. Like, Herbert, you got to go see this. Every night he's out. I mean, it was like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. He's out, laying on the floor. you got to go. He's in a trance. God is moving. We're going to have revival at our school. He's in a trance. I was so scared to go. I don't, I'm not going down there. The Holy Ghost is doing that. I'm afraid he might knock me down. And I might be in a trance. And it's cold out there. I don't want to be in a trance. And I was so scared scared to go down there. But can I tell you what? When I saw that guy in the cafeteria, he was weird. I'm just telling you, he was weird with the Holy Spirit and without the Holy Spirit. And now that I'm a little older, I realize that wasn't the Holy Ghost. You're just weird. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
And we get so scared of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not where people are. The Holy Spirit is God. Number three is this. A third fact about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. I really want you to grasp this. It's so critical for your walk with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is a person so that you can relate to him personally. He is not a force. He is not an object. He is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And if you don't realize that the Holy Spirit is a person, then you will never build a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. But he is a person. This is not good grammar, but I'm going to say it anyways. He is a him. He is a him. He's not an it, not a thing, not an object. The Holy Spirit is a person. John chapter 14 verse 17 says, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. Not it, cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him, not it, sees him, nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is a person. A person has a soul. A soul consists of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the Holy Spirit has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has emotions. Let me show you this to you in the scriptures. Romans chapter 8, verse 27 says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The mind of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has a mind. The Holy Spirit can think. The Holy Spirit knows all truth. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He is a person. He has a will. And the Holy Spirit, his will, he has a will. He has desires, a will. And he desires to accomplish the will of his Father, the Heavenly Father. He, he desires to accomplish God the Father's will. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he wants to accomplish the Father's will. He has desires. And not only does he have desires, the Holy Spirit has emotions. He's a person. Let me give you an example here in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He has feelings. Do you realize you can grieve the Holy Spirit? You can make the Holy Spirit jealous. You can make the Holy Spirit, you can quench the Spirit. You can quench. He has emotions. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And since the Holy Spirit is a person, you can develop a relationship with him. And I want to encourage you today, People's Church, you need to get to know the Holy Spirit. You need to get to know his mind. You need to get to know his will and his desires. You need to get to know the Holy Spirit's feelings and his emotions so that you can flow with the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. And live. You need to get to know the Holy Spirit, he is a person. Here's what I want to do for the remainder of our time together as we talk about who is the Holy Spirit. I want to give you four functions of the Holy Spirit. Four functions. Now, let me begin by saying this list is not exhaustive. The Bible has so much to say about the Holy Spirit. I could do a 20-week series on it. I mean, it's just, the Bible is just full of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so what I wanted to do is just condense it down to help you begin to better understand who the Holy Spirit is and his function and how he works. 
Number one is this. The first function is he will always be with us. He will always be with us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of every Christian. Let me take it a little deeper here. If you do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are not a Christian. If you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are not a Christian. Here's what the scripture teaches in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. If they do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them, they do not belong to Christ. They can't call themselves a Christian or a Christ follower. You are not a Christian if you do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Every Christian has the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living in them. Now, the question that we must answer is this. How does a person get the Holy Spirit to live inside of them? How does that take place? How does that transpire? How does the Holy Spirit come to live inside of a person so they can be a Christian. Let's look at that together in Ephesians chapter number 1, beginning in verse 13. It says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of, of, of truth. Now, notice he says you were included in Christ. You became a Christian. Notice he tells us how. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, when you gave Jesus Christ your life, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit. So the very moment a person gives their life to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of them. So the very moment that you said yes to Jesus, you said, Jesus, I trust you as my Savior and my Lord, the very moment a person does that, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of them. That's how you're a Christian. When you give your heart to Jesus, the Spirit comes to take residence inside of you, and that's what makes you a Christian. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, meaning the day you go to heaven. And so the Holy Spirit takes residence inside of us, and he is with us Always, when Jesus said, I'll be with you always to the end of the earth, what he was simply saying is, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to send the other Godhead. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He will be with you always. He'll be inside of you. So you need to get to know the Holy Spirit. Some of you did not realize this. It's the God you never knew. But the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, he is in you. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Are you getting to know him? Because he is inside of you if you're a Christian. Number two is this, a second function of the Holy Spirit is this, he helps us understand the Bible. He helps us understand the Bible. I want you to, to, to grasp our spiritual enemy in some of the ways that he works, some of his schemes and devices. One of the thing, things that the spiritual enemy, Satan, loves to do is he blinds people's minds so that they cannot understand the gospel so that they cannot understand the Bible. It's, it's real clear in the Bible that he blinds people's minds so they can't understand the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this. The God of this age, the God of this age, talking about Satan, talking about the devil, notice this, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel. Notice that this, the enemy just, one of his ways he deceives and, and, and lies to people is he blinds them, so the unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so people who do not know God, they don't understand the gospel. They don't understand the Bible. The Bible doesn't make sense to them. Christians don't make sense to them. 
Like, I don't get you. Why you go to church so much? I'm going shopping on Sunday. It's my day. You going to church? What's wrong with you? Why are you praying so much? Why do you give and why do you serve and why do you live holy? Why, what is wrong? I don't get you. Their, their minds are blind. They don't understand the gospel. They, they don't understand Christians because that's, that's what the devil does. Is he blinds people's minds so that they don't understand the word of God. But when a person gives their life to Christ, you see what happens is the Holy Spirit removes the blinders and the light comes on and they can begin to understand the Word of God. Let me show you this to, to you in the Scriptures. Let me show you this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 says, But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. So understand when Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians, when he penned these words, that this was, this was he's referring to the old covenant because the new covenant had not been written. The, the, the Bible had not been written. There was the Torah. There was the, the old covenant. He says when people hear the old covenant and they don't know Christ, they don't understand it. Their, their, their minds have been dulled. There's a veil over their eyes, over their mind. He goes on to say, it has, to, it has not been removed because only, catch that, only in Christ is it taken away. So people don't understand the word of God. Satan has blinded their minds. They don't understand the light of the gospel. And the only way they can begin to understand the light of the gospel and, and, the, and the word of God is Christ he has to take it away. Verse 15, even to, to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. They don't know God. They're not in Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're, they've been blinded. Verse 16 says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, when you, turn, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me show you what happens. The veil is taken away. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, he removes the veil. The Holy Spirit brings freedom so we can understand the Word of God. The, 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 the easiest way to explain it to you is that the Holy Spirit turns on the spiritual lights. It was dark, you were blinded, but he turns on the spiritual lights. And when the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you read the Word of God and you have light bulb moments all the time. Anybody know what I'm talking about when you read the Word of God? You're like, oh, I never saw that before. Wow, that's speaking to me. Wow, I'm convicted. Well, I've got to tell you, you're reading God. You see, every day I have, a, I, have a, I have a time with God, a quiet time. All of you that do this, you know this. When you read the Bible, you can read the same verse over and over for 365 days. And every day when you read it, God will show you something different. He'll speak something to your life. Because the lights are on. You're like, I, I never saw that. Wow, that, that speaks to me. Wow, i got to change. And light bulb moments because the veil has been removed. And the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Word of God. Number three is this. Number three. A third function of the Holy Spirit is He will help us to be a witness. He will help us to be a witness. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But when you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. We're, we're going to talk more about this later in the series. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is he empowers us to be a witness. You see, because heaven and hell are a reality, the Holy Spirit cares deeply about people and doesn't want anyone to spend eternity separated from God. So the Holy Spirit empowers Christians so that we can share our faith with people. The Holy Spirit 
empowers us. He gives us power and he gives us wisdom and he gives us boldness so that we can share our faith with people in our workplace, our school, our neighborhood, our family. And when people say this, from time to time I'll hear people say this kind of stuff. They'll say, well, you know, witnessing is just not my gift. I just don't witness. I don't, I don't share my faith. That's just not what I do. That's not. But listen, when you get to know the Holy Spirit and you get to know who he is and how he works in your life, you can't help but share Jesus with people because the Holy Spirit gives you a passion. When you get to know him, what, what, what one of his functions is he empowers you to be a witness. And when you get to know the Holy Spirit, can I tell you what? He'll empower you and give you wisdom and boldness to share your faith. You know what we have to do? We have to get to know the Holy Spirit. Number four is this. There's a fourth function of the Holy Spirit that I want to share with you today, and that is this. He will guide us down the right path. He will guide us down the right path. Our, our spiritual enemy, let me talk to you about him again because his schemes are so, so deceptive. Our spiritual enemy, the devil, is a liar. He's a deceiver. Matter of fact, Jesus says he's the father of lies. And what, what, what the enemy wants to do is he constantly leads and guides people down the wrong path. See, the enemy's so good at making wrong look right and right look wrong. And, and he loves to lead people down the wrong path, but, but God does not want us going down the wrong path. And so when we give our hearts to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us to guide us down the right path and not the wrong path. The Holy Spirit, he wants to guide us down the right path. He wants to be the guide for our life. Let's look at this in the scripture in John chapter 16 and verse 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, let me, let me pause here. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is not a lying spirit. He's a spirit of truth. The enemy, Satan, is a liar. But the Holy Spirit does not work with deception. He does not work with lies. He will not go do anything to speak to you, speak to, you to do anything contrary to the word of God. That, that's not the, how, how the Holy Spirit works. He is a spirit of truth. It goes on to say, he will guide or lead or direct you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will, he will speak only what he hears, only what he hears from the Father. And he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit guides us down the right paths. You see, when you know the Holy Spirit, he constantly gives you a green light or a red light. The Holy Spirit constantly says, go or stop. He guides, he leads, he directs our lives into all truth. Let me give you a spiritual example, a, script, a scriptural example of how the Holy Spirit says, green light, no, red light, go, stop. Acts 16 verse 6 says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit. Notice, red light, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word, in the province of Asia. So the Apostle Paul, who knew the Holy Spirit, he wanted to go to Asia and preach. He wanted to go there, but the Holy Spirit said, no, red light, not now, don't go now. I got into all truth. I'll, I'll lead your life. If you know me, I'll lead you. And so Paul and his companions said, we can't go to Asia now because the Holy Spirit said red light. He guides us. He'll lead us into all truth. Let me make it practical for you from, with my own life. 
I could give you example after example after example, really big and really small. God, the, the Holy Spirit just, doesn't just lead us in the big areas. He leads us in the small areas. I want to give you some examples on how the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. When I was a freshman in college, I was dating a young lady and thought I was falling in love and thought I may spend the rest of my life with her. And I was a Christian. She was a Christian. She, she broke up with me. I pursued her to begin to date her again. She began to date me again. And as we began to date again, I, I was praying. I was reading my Bible. I was surrounding myself with Christian friends. And I'm telling you, in my gut, there was an uneasiness. Red light, and I was just building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I was getting to know the Holy Spirit. And he was speaking and saying, red light, this is not the one. She's not the one. And all I wanted to do was please Jesus. And you know what? The Holy Spirit said no, and in tears, it was not easy. It was difficult, but I broke up off that relationship. Because the Holy Spirit, I just was following. He, he'll guide me into all truth. Two years later, I met a young lady named Tiffany. And um, I began to date who is now my wife. And when I was dating Tiffany, in that relationship, because all I wanted to do was please Jesus. Not my flesh, I wanted to please Jesus. I actually called up Tiffany one day on the phone, and I broke up with her. And I told her on the phone, I said, the enemy is using you to distract me from Jesus. I said, young man, don't ever say that. Even if you believe that, that's not wisdom. Don't you say that. It, that that's not good. You know, it's hard to get out of that hole. And I begin to pray and read my Bible. Because listen, if you don't have time, daily time with God, you have a hard time following the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I will just tell you, you're not going to hear from the Holy Spirit. It's going to be really hard. If you're not building a relationship through the Word of God, through prayer and worship on a daily basis, surrounding yourself in the right atmosphere, it's hard to hear the Holy Spirit. But I was, I was praying. I was reading my Bible. So I began to pray and read my Bible, worship Jesus. And God began to speak to me. Herbert, you just broke up with your wife. Like she's the one. The one you've been praying for and fasting and seeking me and honoring me and living holy. This year. I mean, she's the one. And the next day, they got green light. I called up Tiffany on the phone. Thank God she was cautiously gracious to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. And now this year is 19 years of marriage because of the, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit. In April of 2001, I was driving back from a revival. I was a full-time evangelist, planned on being an evangelist the rest of my life. My wife and I, we were enjoying our traveling ministry. God was blessing. It was fruitful. Our calendar was booked and full. And, and I was driving back from Springfield, uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Springfield, Missouri, where we lived at the time. And when I was driving in my car, I'm telling you, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I was not planning on ever planning a church, starting a church. The Holy Spirit spoke to me in the car and said, Herbert, I'm calling you and Tiffany to start a church. I was, I was learning the voice of the I was getting to know the He's a person. He wants to speak. He has thoughts. He, he wants to guide in all truth. He knows the future. And my wife and I began to pray. I knew that was the Lord. And a year later, we started a church called People's Church. Because the Holy Spirit wants to guide. He wants to lead you into all truth. Those are big, big areas of my life. I could tell you small decisions. But 
all I'm telling you is this. What I'm saying, sharing this with you for is for this reason. Would you get to know the Holy Spirit? He's a person. And he wants to guide you into all truth. He wants to lead your life. Would you get to know the Holy Spirit?